hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Sucker Time. The number one comedy podcast about comedy. Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Masha Yes, Bill Haywatt is correct. I am Mark Hershon, and this here is Epi 66 of Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. We're delayed getting this one out because I was out of town on vacation in Hawaii last week, pretty much technology-free. So I've got a big old sweaty handful of clips now to catch you up on. And no, I don't know why they'd be sweaty. Also this show, along with our Burst of Durst, we have Episode 5 from the first season of the Boganwood Podcast out of Australia, which we've been um, serializing, I guess you could say, for the last few weeks. Uh, also, following on the heels of last week's special succotash recipe that followed at the very end of the show by Chef Eddie Vetter, courtesy of the Tiny Odd Conversations podcast, uh, this week we've got Chef Terry, his recipe for some kind of Cajun succotash, and Chef Terry comes to us from the Don't Quit Your Daycast podcast from Ed Wallach. If you've been listening to the back-and-forth mentions between this show and the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour with Dean Haglin and Phil Larinus for the past several months, you know that we've almost inadvertently started moving towards something beyond our hilarious delayed banter that might be actually pretty cool. But rather than tell you about it myself, let me stip you off a little of a more recent Chill Pack episode to explain. This is your Chill Pack Hollywood Hour. Yes, as, it is. As heard on Jackalope Radio, top yes. superstation, mm-hmm. and as excerpted. Every week on Mark Hirshon's Suckatash. Suckatash! The comedy podcast podcast. I love it. Uh, you know, something that we've been hinting at uh, oh. over the last few weeks, Mark and I had a very productive You've been... Skype conversation with Turk Reno uh, about uh, creating our own podcast network. This network idea. Yes. and it, crazy. It would start as a uh, published network yeah. where... Shows would uh, drop at a specific time and a specific schedule. Right, much like NBC. And, uh, but only publishing, so then available download. And then we would move into a quasi-streaming, Ooh. Uh, you know, when people get used to the schedule, where you can go to the website to find uh, your podcast that you're interested in at a specific time, but you also have the opportunity to play, you know, and hear what's playing right now. Oh, so it's streaming. So there would always be something streaming. Then we would eventually move into the live streaming uh, where audiences can interact live with the show, call-ins, texts, uh, chat rooms, etc. Look at that. So this is what we're talking about, and we have a lot of great shows planned. just push us out of the offices of Rational Exuberance and into some other office. Into early retirement. (laughs) Yes, which I'm already experiencing, frankly. Well, is that interesting news or what? A possible new showbiz-oriented podcast network in the works. Now we just have to see if we can actually pull this thing together. That's a totally different story, so stay tuned, or rather stay downloaded. I haven't looked at the action with the Stitcher Comedy Podcast for over a week, so let's get to... The 10 Most Active Shows in the Stitcher Top 100 Comedy Podcast List! 
For those who haven't heard this feature before, rather than read off 10 shows in the top spots in Stitcher's Top 100 Comedy Podcasts for this week, because they rarely change very much, we prefer to go after the 10 shows that have moved around the most, either up or down. So this week, at number 35, Smodcast Feeb, which stands for Four Eyes and Beard, F-E-A-B, is up 25 places. At 39, another Smodcast edition, Edumacation is up 13 places. At 53, Who Charted down 15. At 59, Comedy of the Week from England up 15. At 71, If I Were You is down 30 places. At 77, Sex Squad up 19. At 82, Super Ego is up 55 places this week. At 90, The Best Show on WFMU with Tom Sharpling up 22 places. At 91, Harmontown from Dan Harmon, the creative community on NBC, up 36 places. And at 99, That American Life is up 102 spots to get in to the top 100. That is your The 10 Most Active Shows in the Stitcher Top 100 Comedy Podcast List! Hi, I'm Ed Wallach, and you may, or more likely may not know me, from Don't Quit Your Daycast, which is a nice little comedy podcast. But we're not here to talk about me today. We're here to talk about what I like to listen to in a podcast. When I want to hear a comedy podcast about a podcast, I usually listen to The Succotash Show, the first comedy podcast podcast, because there's nothing more informative about a podcast than a podcast about comedy podcasts. That's why I use Mark Kershon, Joe Polino, and Bill Haywatt as the yardstick for my comedy podcast podcast listening. If you're like anyone else at Don't Quit Your Daycast or on our staff, you'll listen to The Succotash Show. The Comedy Podcast Podcast. Thanks, Ed Wallach, and thanks for supplying us with Chef Terry and his recipe for succotash that will be featured at the end of today's episode. Uh, what say we just get to the clips? First up, Joey Medina is a New York comedian right out of the Bronx. You might have seen him on the original Latin Kings of Comedy DVD or performing in clubs around the country. And he can be seen in the classic film Zombie Strippers. His podcast is episoding in the 60s right now. See, I'm making up verbs, episoding. And he alternates between interviewing comedians and porn stars. You know, it's kind of amazing how often comedians with podcasts interview porn stars or strippers. Are there porn star podcasts where they're interviewing comedians? Let me know. The Joey Medina Show has jumped several hundred places as of a couple of weeks ago to get into the top 100 on Stitcher. And although it has slid out of there this week, it's still going strong. Now, here's a slice from a recent epi where he asks guest Tessa Lane how she got into doing porn. All right, so let me ask you something. How did you get you, your your sweet little girl in Long Island, New York? <laughs> Catholic school. Catholic school, mind your own business, right? All of a sudden, you're like, I want to be in porn. How did that happen? Um, to be honest, I was watching porn from a really, really young age when I shouldn't have been, mm-hmm. and um, I think like probably everyone. I was like 13, 14, mm-hmm. idolizing Jenna Hayes. Wow, nice. Like, would I, I when I met her, like was about to die like hyper i was like oh my god can i eat your pussy please (laughs) oh my god i would pay to eat her fucking pussy but uh yeah so i i just grew up watching it and it was like always in the back of my head i was like i want to do that like i want to be that girl because i saw like i was raised in catholic school and 
in a sense, they kind of teach you like sex is bad. Right. So I grew up thinking that and just to see someone like her just be so empowered and right. controlling everything, but still having pleasure and enjoying herself. Like I was like, I want to be that girl. The way we talked about it a little earlier off off the mic, we said that. Um, porn stars and comedians are a lot of like that they're very uninhibited and speak, yes. they, you just speak your fucking mind. You yep. say what you want. Mm-hmm. And that gives you, you develop that, you develop that, that skill, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I just, I kind of just, I was looking at her, like, I want to be that girl. Right. And I was just really young and I knew all the repercussions that came with it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I never really dove into it and stuff. And I was actually, um, I was singing before that. I was very into singing, taking it very seriously. So let me guess. The microphone kind of was like a penis. You had it in your mouth. Exactly. Close. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I just figured it all out. <laughs> no. And then, um, you know, life happened and I kind of right. gave that part up and, um, I came out to Hollywood for a friend's birthday that I knew for a long time. And, uh, how old were you? This was not till I was 21. Okay. And I was in the club and I see a red carpet and you know how some clubs have the red carpet where like everyone can pose right, and right. do this. So I'm like, Oh, whatever. And then like, I see photographers and everything come walking in and I'm like, are these celebrities? Da, 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 da. And then I'm like, Holy shit. It's porn stars. I'm like naming all of them to my uh, friend. And she's like, I don't know who you're talking about. I'm like, Oh my God, look who it is. So one of the guys saw me like looking over and he kind of told me to come over. He's like, right. Hey, like I saw you saying, and I'm, and I totally recognized him. I'm like, you're T real, you know, you're, you're important too. And this and that. I was like, I love you guys. Like I always wanted to do it. And he was, and literally I was here for five days and invited me to parties every night. He oh. was like, come out and get used to it. Right, you know, right. like if you, if you were considering doing it and he's my agent now and Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> so that, that was three years ago. So I had I had a year to decide, figure right, right. out if I really wanted to do it, think about it, mm-hmm. and then finally I was like, okay, like I'm ready, I'm ready to do it, and I quit my job and packed everything up and moved out here. Get more funky Pod Medina at JoeyMedina.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Smart Radio, which. Uh, it- Incidentally, you can find episodes of Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. In fact, maybe you're listening to us on Stitcher right now. Got an email from our friend Rob Logan over at the Geek Generation podcast that reads, Hi, Mark, with the social media attention that Sharknado has been receiving, I thought your listeners might enjoy some exclusive audio from the sequel. And then he sent along a clip from their uh, Epi 143 with that exclusive trailer. Here it is. Yeah, Sharknado. Yeah. So we got together and watched That's this actually last on week. My Geek oh, Atlas how could it not be? Right? <laughs> this movie, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen it, is exactly what it sounds like. Even Howard Stern was commenting on it. Yep. For it like is two days. A tornado that sucks up sharks and throws them at people. And it is so bad that it is it's immediately like a five star film yes. film. If you want it's to know unbelievable. how good this is, just remember all the shit that I've talked about horror movies in the past. I love this movie. <laughs> it was so bad. It was good. It was. In so many ways. And in in relation to Sharknado, yes. there was some news recently that Sci-Fi has officially greenlit a Sharknado 2. Mm-hmm. So it is happening. Yes. And I have exclusively <laughs> the audio from the trailer for Sharknado 2. Now, mind you, they haven't even started the script yet. 
<laughs> and I have the audio for the trailer for Sharknado 2. Really? Yeah, that's some talent. So, that is talent. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a- <laughs> we have connections. We're gonna, you know? <laughs> exactly. Take a listen uh, and enjoy what will be the sequel to Sharknado. First, there was Sharknado. Now the ultimate storm approaches. And, oh, shit! <laughs> Schwarzenado. I did nothing. The pavement was his enemy. Get to the chopper! Schwarzenado. I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach! You son of a bitch. One of us is in deep trouble. Schwarzenado. Help. He molested, murdered, and mutilated her. What the fuck? Coming soon. That's awesome. Oh, I'm excited for that. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Schwartz what the and fuck? NATO. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Very excited. Thanks for sending that clip along, Rob. Always appreciate it. Get into the Geek Generation at their home site, thegeekgeneration.com. They're also on iTunes, Stitcher, and they have a channel over on YouTube as well. We also got a clip in from comedian Justin Foster in his podcast, 20-something strong, called Foster the Podcast. He's in L.A., originally from Dallas, and sent along this note. Here's a clip from my podcast, Foster the Podcast, the official show of comedian Justin Foster. Short, hilarious, and insane stories from some of the most interesting people I know. Missing kidneys, partying with Navy SEALs, and getting fired by James Franco are just a few of the stories you will hear every week. Now, I'm not sure who his guest is in this clip, but it's someone who got drunk from a small person pouring booze from a hut behind a bar somewhere. And then the guy got arrested. Have you ever been to jail? Yeah. What would you, you get arrested for? Yeah. Last time. Public in talks? <laughs> That's awesome. even better. Two, two, not being in a car. 2005, yeah. uh, I got served way too much. First time ever drinking Jack. First and of all, whole, first of all, don't say I got served way too much. Like it was the establishment's well, no, fault. It's like a midget mid- came out, uh, out of this out of like this little hut on top of a bar in Pittsburgh. Right. And you have to like lean your head back every time. You wait, right. wait, wait, wait. Like 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 at Chuck E. Cheese? Like, like he, walks, <laughs> he walks out of the bar. This red light comes on. This, this fucking midget walks out. And if you're standing at the bar, you have to, t- you know, lean your head back or, the, or they boo you. Are they booing? Yeah. So if you get called to bar, you have to take the shot of Jack. So like they just pour shots down your down your throat. It's and a midget it, in a hut. It's a midget that comes out of a hut. <laughs> and it's like it's like of course this bottle looks huge because his arms are so tiny. Right. And he just like steps over the drinks. He goes all the way down the bar, probably like twice the length of like the Flappers bar. Right. Right. And so if you're standing at the bar, you got to take the shot. Right. And so like you try not to be there ordering when he's coming out if you're already wasted. And so I got really really done. And I thought I was, I was hanging out with this dude that I met at the Pirates game. He was like, oh, you from out of town? And me and my buddy, he was like, yeah, you got to hang out with us. This dude's nickname was Sloppy Robbie, right? Right. And so I was like, yeah, we'll oh, hang out with sign. this dude. Red flag number one. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, so we went to Primanti Brothers, which is like the sandwich. Like, they put like the sourdough and it's like, you know, whatever the, the meat is that they do. And then they put french fries on it. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And, and a midget jumps out with mayonnaise. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> 
Dude, I said like two bites. I'm like, oh, that's delicious, man. I'll be right back. I went outside and fucking let it go. Oh, this is the next day? No, this is the same night. Oh, after? <laughs> immediately. This is like, this is like 20 minutes later. And then I like, we're permanent brothers. And then I, I go outside in the Earl and then I fall asleep on a camera. <laughs> I fall asleep and the police pick me up. Like, it was like 55 degrees. I had on a t-shirt and shorts and I fell asleep on the camera and they took me in and they're like, where are you, where are you from? Where are you staying? I was like, next to a Best Buy. And that's all I knew about it. Next to a Best Buy? And then my right. buddy fell asleep in somebody's Civic. Uh, <laughs> right. and, and he got fired. He got, <laughs> he got fired. I, I kept my job. He got fired. <laughs> it was a trip, man. Does the midget just sit in the hut the whole time and until it's time for the bell? Yep. Yep. Saw the midget at least three or four times from whatever. Yeah, you can't see like him before. That. It's like Wizard of Oz. Like you don't want to look behind the curtain. It's not like a room that he a separate room. He I just mean, sits be, squatting in a hut the whole time pretty, until it's, it's shot pretty, time. I'll give the hut like a four by four. You know, uh, that doesn't it was at make least it like better. sixteen square feet. That's that's plenty. That's plenty. That's plenty for a midget. It's like a little. Sto- I mean, it could have been like a, a you know like a, a steps down to like a waiting room. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> There's a green room underneath. <laughs> like 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 where strippers hang out. There's like a locker and everything. And like, it's like upstairs. Like when the red light comes on under the bar. Trying to make that money, ho. <laughs> <laughs> It has to be very degrading, but I mean, you know, the dude does his job. They make it efficient for him, you know? Silly drunken comics. Check out more Justin Foster and his wacky pals at fosterthepodcast.wordpress.com. And he's also on iTunes. I'll assume he's also on Stitcher Smart Radio. I did not see a Stitcher logo on his website, but uh, Stitcher gets us all. I am really glad to see we've been getting more and more podcast clip submissions from uh, you guys, you comedy podcasters. They've been coming in from new podcasts, also some from some old ones. I just haven't gotten around to clipping yet because there are over 100,000 comedy podcasts out there. How in the world can I get to them all? Uh, this next one's pretty new. There's only been five episodes, or I think six, of An Idiot at Home, and it comes from host James Proudlock and his perma guest, Carl Stott, over in Shotton Colliery in the UK. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I've never heard of that town before. Uh, this is a podcast that focuses on music and comedy, which in this case seems to be drawn from the news. First headline I'm getting that I found was, um, right, this is the headline. Evangelical pastor convinced his followers that his penis contained holy milk. Oh, aye. 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 <laughs> I wonder what he's after. Oh, I, he's not stupid, is he? <laughs> he's loving a milking. That was the actual, the actual headline. What? The, the evangelical pastor convinced followers his penis contained holy milk. Oh, I thought you meant he's loving a milk. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But I couldn't believe it. It's like, how, how stupid and gullible. Anyone who would believe that. Jack was in one of them confession boxes and was like, um, it's. I need to confess and he's like um, well I've got something that might help you you know and they're like oh what, what can help us and then I've got this thing <laughs> that it contains holy milk right I, I'm just saying it just, it just takes a little bit of pumping <laughs> to get the holy milk out and and the pumping is you redeeming yourself then the holy milk is your, like, your forgiveness and, they, and they're like I like the sound of that, and you can so do I. And then he opens that little thing there and sticks it through, and they go, and oh, I see what you mean. I, I know what you mean. I'll, and then you, and then you don't, and, and then you forgive. 
in the eyes of the Lord. But imagine going in and he and he does it, he says, Dry out he says, I've got this thing, contains some holy milk. Say like, holy I thought it was holy holy water. Nah, this is like up from holy water. This is like the next one up. Like no one knows about it yet. Like I'm I'm the only fella that now is like, God passed it to me. Um you just gotta do some stuff and I'll forgive you. And you get your holy milk and, and imagine being the person who sort of clicked on and thought, I know what he's doing. What he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, his wife comes on, he's bouncing, he's like, Where have you been? I've been to see uh, Pastor Bill. He's um he's been telling us about this holy milk. Oh what's that? He said, I just had to pump it and I got I got given forgiven. You got what? I got forgiven? No, the bit before that, I had to pump it. I had to pump it. Hi. <laughs> I'm gonna see Pat Pat I yeah, she goes oh, I, she goes I need some forgi- some forgiveness here yeah. <laughs> oh, oh stupid though like, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure if it's true or not I mean it was there and the news news article was there with the fel- like it was a fellow holding the, like a newspaper to sort of prove that it's not just mocked up but God knows if it's true hey. ah. but um right <laughs> This is the one where I read it, and I thought, like, it took me a couple of seconds to sort of click on, but this is the headline. One-armed man applauds kindness of strangers. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's just cruel. I know, I, like, I read it and I thought... Is it, like, how how armless is he? Is it, like... It was one arm. It was... Up a cow's arse, kind of armless. Ah, it was like it's that fella, isn't it? He's like, <laughs> that and they, and he's applauding the kindness of strangers because they're not taking the piss out. Oh, right. But yeah, it was essentially like, yeah, you didn't even have a stump on this arm that you could like tap. No. It was just your shoulder. It might just be a shoulder tap. It might be, or like sometimes if I'm holding like a pint, I like tap on my leg. But surely, you've done a, a news article on this fella. This one-armed bloke who who's bloody lovely, he he lo- he'll get up to anyone in a pub, have a bit of crack on with him, you know he'll shake the hand. Ah, he, he shakes your hand. He, Wait, he, he, he buys, only got one. And he buys you a drink. You know, he, you know he's always asking, how 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 how's your mum? Right? You right? Your dad and that, they're both all right. I'm oh, smashing that. Up. I'm really pleased to hear that. That kind of bloke. <laughs> and then. And then he sort of sat down. He's thinking, "I'm getting in the newspaper for being dead nice." And then he, he's like, "Oh, I'm on page twelve. I'm on page twelve. Got the entire family round. I'll reassure him that." <laughs> and there, uh, he's flipping through. He gets to page twelve. He reads it. And he's like, "Oh, look! I'm in the newspaper. His entire family's gone." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, he's all laughing at man." Then, like, so and so, he can't even swear. He's that, he's that nice. nice. Oh, no. bless him. And they tap the piss out of them on the newspaper. I kind of believe it, you know. It occurs to me it might take a couple of listens to get everything uh, out of those accents if you're not used to it. So uh, head over to jamesproudlock.podomatic.com or iTunes and uh, give that a listen or two. I'm assuming their title, An Idiot at Home, is a takeoff on... uh, um, uh, Ricky Gervais's An Idiot Abroad, the TV series. Um, so uh, clever send-up, boys. Thanks, James. Uh, go check that out, won't you? Oh, here's a message from our sponsor. 
Hello, friends. It's that time again. But then again, isn't it always that time? That time when you need a favor from a friend or acquaintance who is just a little bit better placed than you on the food chain. Well, nothing says lend me a hand better than a pair of Henderson's Pear Sucker pants. That's right. I said Pear Sucker. Because although these high-quality trousers are made of 100% seersucker for a durable, comfortable wear, it's the little extras that your friends in high places are going to notice, setting you apart from the rest of the toadies right away. They'll see the built-in knee pads and scuff-proof finish right away. Upon closer inspection, they're bound to notice the breakaway codpiece and retractable cheek flaps. Finally, the Peersucker recessed hip-mounted ashtray and beverage caddy will put you over the top when it comes to being their A number one choice when it's time to be voted most likely to earn their favor the hard way. Originally designed for the boys in the mailroom, the males in the boys' room, and the boars in the boardroom, Henderson's Peer Sucker Pants are available wherever people are working hard to claw their way to the middle. That's Henderson's turning out pants like they're going out of style, which they usually are, since 1904, and now back to suck it. Hello, I'm Charlie Miller. And I'm Groucho Marx, and together we do the Random Variety Show podcast. And you're listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. Clearly, the Tweet Sack has a number of clips in it this week, which, as I said a moment ago, are always welcome. If you are a comedy podcaster, you can send me a three to five minute MP3 clip of your show uh, at uh, clips, just C-L-I-P-S, at succotashshow.com, and we'll feature it in a future show. If you don't know how to spell succotash, you can either look at the uh, the listing for the download you're listening to, uh, or it's simply S-U-C-C-O-T-A-S-H. That's succotash. Apart from clips, though, not a whole lot of other messages coming through, but we did have a ton of retweets, which always help to spread the word, as well as those who are favoriting, following, and or mentioning at succotash show in your twit stream. Here's a list of some of the folks that took the time to do one or more of those things the past couple of weeks. That guy, Travis... Solid Cat Dojo, who does say, I like your style, Succotash Show. Well, Solid Cat, I like yours, too. The Random Variety Show, uh, back on track. They've been off for a few weeks, at least in terms of tweeting out there. So uh, welcome back, Charlie. Modest Giants, The Pod Mafia, Jagged Podcasts, Comedian Cooper, Water Cooper DK, Water Cooler DK, Podcast Whore, Paul Mercurio, great having that interview with him this past episode. Eric and Stacy from Talking Rubbish, who we have a clip from coming up. Dits with the Tits. <laughs> Stunami. Janai Nilbert. Nybert. Janai Nybert. Uh, Storyworthy. Three Pleasant Gentlemen. Pod Socks. Blind Sarcasm. The Alex Peralt. Tisa Lote. Generational. Sadly Lacking Radio. Old Dead Tree. National Mom. Unknown Penguin, Cash Oni 94, Lucretia Swarthout, Take Me Home Podcast, John Emilio, Podcaster 101, Dana Carvey, Darren Staley, 4AM Cab, 
BB&B Podcast, Dina Ray Rice, Fries on the Side, Phoebe O.S., Podcast in the Woods, Connie G., and Lost Moon Radio. Oh, man, the Twitter handles are getting better and better. I, of course, would be remiss if I didn't thank all of those kind people who helped out this past week by helping us defray our costs by going to SuccotashShow.com and clicking on the Donate button. And uh, here are uh, here's a list of those folks. That's all in the tweet sack this week. If you'd like to email us, our address is M-A-R-C. That's me, Mark, M-A-R-C, at SuccotashShow.com. You can also stick at Show in your tweets, and we will retweet your podcast info when we see it, or repeat your comments here in the tweet sack. And don't forget our toll-full Succotash hotline at 818-921-7212. You can leave us a voicemail message there, and I will play that on the show as well. All right, we've got a couple more clips. This week's visit to Boganwood, Canberra's Forgotten Suburb, our Bursto Durst, and our bonus succotash recipe with Chef Terry. Hi, this is Rick Overton of the Overview Podcast on iTunes, and you're listening to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. I appreciate that Adam and Josh of the Positive Podcast sent along a clip with a nice note that reads, Hey, saw your post on Twitter. Here's a clip from Episode 23, Testosterone Zone, the latest episode of our podcast. Thanks for doing something like this. Love to get new listeners. We will shout you guys out next episode. Hope you enjoy. That's all great, but Adam and Josh didn't send along much about their show itself in the email. So after a bit of digging, I think they're from Chicopee, Massachusetts, and that their show bounces around between music and comedic commentary. In this clip, they chatter on about public drunkenness. I must have fell asleep on the lawn. So you fell asleep on the ground? On the ground. Like face first. How old are you? It's 23. All right. Okay. Continue. So... I wake I like it's not like I wake up and I'm like mm, stretch out like this was a great sleep. I didn't sleep all the way till the morning. <laughs> I was one of those sleeps where you feel like okay I shouldn't be falling asleep here. You know you ever have that where you go you're like you just doze off and like you wake up. Yeah, I can't make fun of you. The same exact thing. It's yeah. like I slept the whole night. Yeah, and I woke up on literally someone's front lawn. Cars on a by. populated road that was like probably probably ten cars drive by a minute would have seen me laying down in this front fully dressed. Laying down, backpack as a pillow, just passed out on someone's someone's house. I've never even talked to in my life, and it was like. Were you missing like a sandal? Because you forgot yeah, it. I woke up. I remember. I remember. I dropped my phone, and I was just like, you know what? It's too dark out right now to find this phone, so I'm just gonna come back, or I'm gonna come get it tomorrow. But I was like, I'm not gonna come all the way back. It'll be gone by then. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm stick around just, for like the like, scene. I remember my drunk brain just like, I'll just sleep here. Like, <laughs> It'll work. Like I'll just wake up and everything will be fine. And yeah. if it actually is true, everything was fine. But I remember just like I went to so I just put the backpack down as a pillow, and I'm out. And then I just hear hear that like the the tires on the road like going by. <laughs> uh, we get up and I see the sun. Do you th- wait? Wait before, before you continue. With, the, at this point, when you're hearing the sounds go by, are, are you like, "There's no fucking way." Yeah, it's like it's you. Just, you know that when Does you, that you first moment, like say you sleep over your friend's house and you wake up, you don't know where you are. Well, this was like that, but times ten, because it's like I, I like, where am I? Like, I'm kind of comfortable though. So I wake up, I'm like, oh, I don't know, and then I'm like, oh my god, oh, I'm outside. Like, oh shit, I'm outside. Like instantly, I'm like, oh my god, I'm outside. And then I see the cars driving by, and I see the sun. Like the sun is up. It's not like, it, it's not like you know, five in the morning where the sun's just coming up and it's dark. It's like it's dark. It's daytime, so it's probably like nine o'clock or something like that. And I'm just like. That's a good sleep, huh? Yeah, I'm looking around. I'm like, oh my god, I'm fucking. Oh. Right, my first thought is, 
Why did no one call the cops and say, there's a dead man on my front lawn? You, know? you must have looked comfortable, that's why. No one dies comfortably like that. <laughs> and I get up, and I'm like, well, and I'm kind of like, I'm probably 15-minute walk from my house. I'm like, I guess I'm just going to go home. I guess the real question is, it's not that the people called the cops. Why was there no, like, a group of crowd of people around you taking Yeah, why didn't no one, like... Fix the situation. I didn't know one helped me. You know, no one. True. <laughs> no one did anything. Why would you need help? Dude, you must have been like sucking your thumb and having like dreams and moving and shit. Probably like, was. Like, but I ain't gonna touch him. I had one sandal. I've never found that sandal to this day. <laughs> I don't know. I just walked home with a limp, like because I had you know the sandal on. I'm like, well, that's it. You get home and the first thing is you call your friends and like, dude, tell, tell you about last night. <laughs> what happened to you? <laughs> well, I fell asleep on the grass. Is that, is that the same night where you and Conrad were getting like involved in some kind of fist fight? No, we were, I was drunk, and I passed, like, basically, I'm, I'm, this, this whole night is stupid alcohol, this is what I'm saying, you know, drunk cast, this is what happens to you, you end up falling asleep on your fucking lawn, you just devolve, and I'm, I remember laying, laying in this bed, in this girl's room, like, like, just sitting there, and Conrad comes in, and he's, like, trying to help me get up, you know, just being a friend or whatever, and these kids there didn't like him, so they sucker punch him as, I remember laying there, staring at Conrad's, like, nurturing face, trying to help me. And then seeing him get clocked from the behind, like, a couple times, I'm just, like, smiling because I'm fucked up. So I'm like, what's going on right now? Like, no. what the hell? And then I see him, like, getting attacked. So I'm like, oh, shit, I gotta help. And I get up. I'm too drunk to help. So I'm just like, oh, no, coming over to him. And everybody breaks it up. And the big whole fight happens. And that's when we get kicked out. You know, it's like, not kicked out, but everybody gets kicked out. It's like, all right, this party's over. So I'm fucked up still because I'm just passing on his bed, and that's when I end up walking home, lose you guys, and pass out on a lawn. Get positive over on their home site, positivepodcast.podomatic.com, or on iTunes. This next clip was also submitted via email from a husband and wife podcasting team, Eric and Stacy. Their cover note into the tweet sack reads, Hello, Succotash. Love the show. First heard of you on Podcasting 101. And uh, here's a little side note. Thanks to Jason the Angry Ginger, uh, the host of Podcasting 101, for republicizing the episode that I did recently. And if you want to find out more about uh, podcasting, you're just getting started, perhaps, uh, give Podcasting 101 a listen because uh, he interviews a number of podcasters who have been around the block and made some mistakes that uh, maybe you haven't gotten to yet. Uh, getting back to the letter, thought I'd try to give you a clip of our show, Talking Rubbish, with Eric and Stacy. This is from show 21, entitled Ball Water, the worst show ever. It's the very end of the show, and I try to explain one of my many phobias while drunk to Stacy, who ends up not being very supportive and just starts cry laughing. Hope it's good enough to be on your show. Thanks, Eric. Well, yes, Eric, congratulations. It is good enough for Succotash. Um, I don't want to say we have a low bar of entry. But um, welcome aboard. That was the weirdest thing I think you ever said today. It's true. Okay, I'm gonna give a quick rundown. We're on our we're on our walk as we do. We've mentioned it before. Okay, so let's do this fast. Okay. So we're walking. We're shooting up this new route. That it's like, don't worry, this is a new place. We're gonna go this way, and then it you know it goes to a neighborhood we've been through before, which is Rochester, Wisconsin, which is right uh-huh. next to Waterford in between Burlington. We're walking Another. down the sidewalk. You're like, and it's it's kind of it's it's not hot. It's com- I really enjoyed it. It was comfortable. Yeah, it, was it was windy. Nice. It was it's nice, not good, humid cool at all. It, it's felt like Florida the past week, and now it was mm-hmm. like, ah, this is nice. But we hit the sun, and you're like, we should ask him if we can jump in the pool, which makes me freak out because I don't like pools in people's backyards. When someone asks me if I want, hey, let's go swimming. No. No. And I explained <laughs> to you why. Yeah. 
I believe, okay, for one, like, it's big. I don't care how much chlorine is in there. But my balls are in the same <laughs> water as someone else's balls. And it's it's weird because I picture, like, old men as they get older. Like, it starts getting... Lo- <laughs> Have you ever seen a weather balloon? It looks yes. like... <laughs> It's real like a like an onion and it's God. like it's real stretchy and long. Onions are not stretchy. No, like an onion in like a like a sack, like a real thin type of sack and it's just, like picture two of them. Like and, in a, sto- a sock or something. Yeah, yeah, like two oranges in a sock. All like right. just you know, 6 inches Long, maybe, maybe at most. Like, I don't think it's like slapping your thighs if you run, but it's, you know, it's down there. But if, but I picture like in the water, like you see someone turn their head with long hair and when they're scuba diving, it doesn't really move. It's not floating up, but it's not sinking either. It's kind of, and that's what I think like some dude's balls are doing. Like they're just, they're, they're hovering. Like they're just, they're there. And like, I think, like, if he moves away, his balls are still where they were, and there's a delay, and I don't want to be too close. I'm like, ah, oh, what was that? It's like, it's like a fucking squid How in here. What would was, you think you would stand? I don't know why I would be. I don't know why I would be. But the problem is, is like the balls are in the same water that I'm in, <laughs> not, and I'm not even getting close to to the buttholes that are in there too. And no one's that clean where they get all of it. Where it's not in the water. Where I don't want to be in that water that someone else is in because the waist down, which is all the nastiest parts of someone, is in there with me. I don't believe chemicals work fast enough because it circulates. Like if the filter's on and you're next to the filter, you're like, ooh, I just got shot with the water because it's, it, you know, you feel the jet. It's ball water just shooting you. It's, not it's someone else's. Going through a filter. No, it's water is a conductor of whatever is on balls to get to me. And there's open orifices in that same water that you're in. And it's I'm not doing it. I'm not having it. I'm not getting in a small pond. Cause again, like your your lowers are in this stuff and they're exposed and they're vulnerable to what's ever in there. I will get a notion because the odds of your ball water touching someone else's ball water or vice versa in an ocean with those waves, it's not happening. You will never touch the same water as you already touched because it's so big and it's moving so much. But you could get bit by a shark or a jellyfish. I'll take that. That's fine. It's not someone else's ball water. I don't want to be anywhere near someone's balls. Cozy up with Eric and Stacy through, oddly enough, their home site at jimandericradio.podomatic.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Smart Radio. I say oddly enough because it's Eric and Stacy, but they're at Jim and Eric Radio. So Eric gets around a bit, I think. We are up to episode five of the Boganwood Pod miniseries, a production by Jabs from the D-Head Factor podcast. Here's a bit more of my interview with Jabs, and then we'll get right into this week's story. So how long did it take to write the first season? Uh, the first season, what happens is um, it was really interesting the way it came about because the um, the show itself came about as a, I wanted to fill about 10 minutes of space in the D-Head Factor. Mm-hmm. And it, it was something creatively I've always wanted to be working on where the D-Ad factor is us being us and then 
kind of getting a little bit creative around the random news, um, I don't think we were really giving ourselves much credit for um, who we really are and how creative we can get. So I wanted to create something very small to put into the D-head factor that filled a gap after the song. Um, and so the, the story, the first story kind of flowed out of me, um, the first part of the story. But as you can see, it kind of changes throughout the season into a more of a um, series. Mm-hmm. The original concept was that you were just going to keep getting glimpses of these characters um, where you would just keep getting a glimpse of Dingo, Bricko and Sheila as they go around their adventures. But once I started writing it, it kind of took on its own little um, story and started becoming this continuous kind of a story and then you're trying to blend it all together. So at season one, it probably took a a couple of weeks to write, um, but I kept taking breaks Mm -hmm. in between. So it was like... It would take me two or three days to write the episode uh, and then two weeks later I'd, I'd give it a rest and then go back and write the next episode and then so on, so on, with not necessarily uh, an idea of how it was going to come out. But I knew what I wanted to do was you set your challenges up where something happens and I wanted to see how I could get the story to link in and join to get to that kind of outcome um, with, with the way it was going to happen. Uh, and yeah, the, the, I think it, I think it worked out really well in the end. I liked how season one ended and I, I thought that the, the little twist right after the end credits was good as well. So <laughs> now did you, um, did you plot out the, the various lines of the narrative before you started writing or you just did it stream of consciousness? I did the stream of consciousness with, um, I didn't necessarily plot it out, but I knew in my head where I wanted it to start. And how I wanted it to end. So, to, like, uh, I, the stream of consciousness was how I wanted it to start. And then uh, there were some episodes where I didn't know how it was going to end because you kind of each episode has its own closure point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes I would just start writing and I'll delete the whole chapter and then start anew because it just wasn't going in the direction I thought it would go and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but yeah, there's, I didn't necessarily plot it all out. Um, but I did have an idea of where I wanted the characters to go. And by about episode three or four, I had an idea of how I wanted season one to end. Welcome to Boganwood, Australia, Canberra's forgotten suburb. In today's adventure, we follow the continuing antics of Sheila and Jimbo as they drive towards the undisclosed location. But before we do... We should briefly check in on Dingo and Bricko as they wash windows. Dingo stared at the traffic lights waiting in anticipation for the lights to turn red. They'd already had a fairly big day with the collections they had from the cars they were servicing and had worked out a plan for maximum collection. Bricko, you know, him the thinking man, had worked on a way to create a system whereby they could cash in on the window washing by only washing a few actual windows. Now, Dingo, get ready, Rico yelled across to Dingo as they stood in preparation for the cars. The lights turned to amber and the traffic started to slow, coming to a complete stop on the red light, and the boys were on the attack. Rico walked around the car with his window washing squeegee raised high, making his way towards the first car, pointing at the driver. You want to wash? he yelled. The driver shook his head and he turned to the next one. The next driver also shook his head. Bricko made his way through the traffic and getting no's from all the drivers. Now here is where the scam came in. 
Whilst the driver was paying attention to saying no to Brico, Dingo actually started to wash his windows without permission. He slammed the squeegee down on the first car as the driver shook his head for him to leave. Brico looked over and saw that Dingo had started washing the windows and walked back towards the first car, making his way to the driver's window. Dingo moved on to the second car, ignoring the driver's request for him to piss off, as Brico banged on the first car's window with his hand out, asking for change. The driver was pissed, but only wanted the bogan standing at the window to piss off. So he reached into his wallet and shoved the loose change into Brico's hands. Brico pocketed the money and then followed Dingo as he washed a number of cars waiting for the lights to change. The drivers of the cars were too busy yelling at Dingo to realise that the handsome Brico was standing next to the window with a ciggy in his hand and hanging out of his mouth, banging on all the windows. Now this scheme had proven to work and the boys were collecting five to ten bucks a window. Bloody Canberra public servants always had loose change, but nothing brought in more money than standing in front of a car after the light had turned green. It was a bit of trial and error at first, but soon they realised which cars would give you your big payout. You didn't even have to wash the actual window. Brico and Dingo would pick a car and start walking toward it after lights had changed. The driver would start beeping, but so would the cars behind him. In frustration, the driver would always hand out some quick cash to get the boys out of the way so he could continue his drive. The boys were collecting big amounts, and they were proud of themselves, giving little thought to Jimbo and his busted leg. But that will soon change. Jimbo continued to drive up the road passing places that Sheila would frequently visit. The park, the toilet blocks, the local shops, the pub, and fuck me, Centrelink. Sheila watched out the window as Centrelink passed them by and she was furious. Fuck you, Jimbo, let me out of the car. I want my fucking Centrelink check. Nah, Sheila, can't do that, mate. We need to visit someone and work out how we're going to solve the problem your boys brought on at the supermarket yesterday. I don't give a fuck, I'm pregnant and stuff. It ain't my fault you don't know how to fucking walk, you clumsy cunt. Now, Sheila isn't really a nice thing to say, Jimbo said as he continued his drive into the city. Sheila looked left and right to try and figure out a way to escape, but her options were limited until she realised one important fact. They were close to where Brico and Dingo were window washing. Was Jimbo driving her to the guys? That would be stupid, she thought. That would outnumber him and kick his ass for taking her. But maybe he didn't realise. Or did he? Sheila looked around as Jimbo started to sing. All right, my life is a dickhead. All my friends are dickheads too. Come with me, let's be dickheads. Being a dickhead's cool. What the fuck are you singing, you silly cunt? Sheila asked as she looked around for the car for something that could help her. Jimbo ignored her and kept singing, and that was when Sheila figured out what she needed. She reached into a pocket and pulled out her ciggy lighter. Sorry, I, I shouldn't say her lighter, as she had borrowed it from someone weeks ago and had been frightened to make sure she had kept it as long as possible. Jimbo didn't see her reach into her pockets as they kept driving. Sheila looked out the window and could see two blokes washing windows as the lights were coming up. Fuck me. Could it be? What the fuck? It can't be. She's never been that lucky, and Jimbo couldn't be that fucking stupid. All of a sudden, the lights turned amber, and the cars in front of them started to slow down. Sheila waited in anticipation as they made their way closer and closer until they came to about four cars away from the lights, and fuck me, there was Dingo and Brigo washing windows. Sheila's heart dropped. This was her chance. 
Jimbo stared at him, realising that he had fucked up. And that through the bad luck of the red lights, the boys were only a couple of cars away. Sheila worked through a plan to let the boys know where she was as Jimbo turned toward her. Don't you get any fucking ideas, Sheila? We will tell the boys you're with us when I'm fucking done with you. Sheila didn't agree with that plan, and she'd be fucked if she'd be listening to the busted leg fuck anymore. Sheila grabbed at the lighter and punched Jimbo in the face. Whilst the boys made their way to the second car collecting the money, they were close. She yelled and screamed and kicked and punched as Jimbo blocked the punches. Brico and Dingo were now in the row in front of them as Sheila continued her barrage of physical and verbal abuse. They were so close she could see them. And that's when the lights turned green and the car started to move. The boys had stopped in front of a car. The problem was, it wasn't their row and Jimbo laughed as he started to move past them. Sheila watched out the window as Ningo and Bricko stood in front of the car, not even looking in a direction. She had to act quick. She lit a lighter and pushed it into Jimbo's neck, and he fucking screamed. With his busted foot, he lost control of the car, and it ran up the gutter, creating a huge bang. The noise was loud, and Ningo and Bricko turned around to see what had caused it. The car looked familiar, they thought, as they grabbed the money off the driver and started walking off the road, watching the car that went up the gutter steer back onto the road. That was when a number of things happened. Dingo and Bricko both yelled Sheila as they looked at the passenger seat window. Sheila yelled, Jimbo, the car has me, as she looked at Dingo and Bricko. And Jimbo smiled as the car continued down the road further and further away from the boys. Dingo and Bricko turned to each other. Fuck, they both said. We need to go get her, Bricko yelled as he started to run. Where the fuck are you going, Dingo yelled. I don't know, but it looks like they might be on their way to Jimbo's place, Bricko yelled as he continued to run. We need to start there. Jimbo kept smiling at Sheila as she looked surprisingly at him. What the fuck are you laughing at, Jimbo, you cunt? Sheila asked. Jimbo kept smiling. Well, it didn't go exactly as planned. It was a bit more painful than I would have liked, but the outcome was exactly what we wanted, Jimbo said as he started to laugh. What the fuck does that mean? Sheila asked as they continued to make their way down the road. So that's where we leave Bricko, Dingo, Sheila and Jimbo for today about to start in a plan that will set in motion a great many issues that will cause problems for everyone involved. But that's another story to be continued another day. Boganwood is a place of many adventures and things have a tendency to work itself out. Both the good, the bad and definitely the bogan. Come back to Boganwood to find the answers to the questions. What will happen to Sheila? Why the fuck was Jimbo smiling? And will Sheila ever get her fucking doll check? All will be answered in the next episodes. And remember what they say in Bogenwood? Leave my fucking Siggies alone, you fucking mole. You can grab all the Bogenwood if you want and uh, binge listen at bogenwood.tumblr.com. He's also got all the scripts up there so you can uh, read it for yourself. And they are also on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio. And Jabs is preparing Season 2 of Bogenwood. So that's going to be up soon, I believe. Our raging moderate, Will Durst, now jumps into the craziness that are Californians in this week's Burst O' Durst. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about California, which is so incredibly superior to every other state in the Union that it's not even close to funny, right? We don't mean to sound conceited. It's just hard when you're so much better than everyone. One of the reasons for the unquestionable preponderation of our unrivaled excellence is our awesome humility, duh, but also how we love everyone, regardless of sex or creed or color. Except old people, who, let's face it, are kind of creepy. What's to do with their skin? It's all spotty and stuff. Ew. But we still love them. And the Mexicans. 
We would love old Mexicans. Of course, the people we love the most is ourselves. Why? Because of our totally awesome incredibleness. Double duh. You want to know how incredibly awesome we are? Think about it. We tolerate anybody and anything except the intolerance that we simply cannot abide. We especially love the fringes. Toad's cray-cray is where it's at, man. Mainstream is lamestream. Like, did you know that California is home to militant vegans who will punch you right in the face? Of course, you can't feel it, but you have to pretend because otherwise you hurt their feelings. And nobody wants that, right? And that's another great thing about us. We totally respect your culture, no matter how ridiculous it may be. But then we are also free to dismiss it with the same exact enthusiasm. For reals. Because we know how people should live their lives. It came to us in a vision. We were sitting in our $120 a pair of yoga pants when blam! No, it wasn't a frying pan. It was enlightenment. And if you don't believe the same stuff that we do, then you are just stupid and wrong and should stay in whatever hellhole you live, which is anywhere that's not here. But we love you anyway, because we love everyone. That's the law, which admittedly is kind of confusing, but that is so us, right? <laughs> and, and now my head hurts. For Succotash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. Do yourself some Durst at willdurst.com. That's W-I-L-L-D-U-R-S-T dot com. You can also read his tweets at Will Durst on Twitter. So push a fork into Epi 66. It's done. Thanks for listening or just pretending to listen. I really can't tell the difference from here. We should have some good interviews as well as some new batches of clips in the next few upcoming episodes. So keep on downloading us from iTunes or streaming us from Stitcher or grabbing us from our home site at SuckatashShow.com. Or you can hear us on SoundCloud. You can even get us streaming through our Facebook page. Now the only thing you have left to do is to listen to our booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, as he talks us out of here. Say his goodbyes, and then check out Chef Terry's recipe, after which you'll be ready to pass the succotash. You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast, with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants. And imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com, on iTunes, or on Stitcher Smart Radio. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show, email us at marc at SuccotashShow.com, or call into the Suckatash hotline at our toll call number, 818-921-7212. That number again is 818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Suckatash. Goodbye. Hello, dear. This is uh, Sheriff uh, Terry from Terrebonne Parish. As heard recently in the Don't Quit Your Daycast episode, where we were talking about sagging trousers and the sagging trouser law in the uh, Terrebonne Parish in uh, in southern Louisiana. And I got a wonderful little treat here for you for the Succotash Comedy Podcast podcast. Uh, Cajun Succotash, which is Cajun Mock Shoe. 
which is Cajun sucker tash recipe that I think you're going to love. And the thing I love about it is it have no, have none of the dreaded lima bean. I hate the lima bean with a passion, almost as much as I hate Texas and the Jew, but that's a Louisiana thing. So, again, Cajun Moxu, Cajun sucker tash, you're going to need six slices of bacon, two tablespoons of butter, real butter, yellow onion, finely chopped, Green bell pepper, finely chopped. Uh, jalapeno, good spicy jalapeno. You can substitute whatever kind of jalapeno in there. And if you want to throw in one or two more, you like it hot, like we do down in the Cajun and the Bayou, you're going to want more pepper. Uh, you're going to get three cloves of garlic minced, three, four cups of corn kernels. Fresh is preferred right off the cob, but thawed or frozen will work. Two cups okra sliced. Two tomatoes peeled, seeded, and chopped. Uh, eighth a teaspoon of cayenne pepper. Uh, but you can add more to that to taste, as always. And two teaspoons, of, a half teaspoon, I should say, Cajun seasoning. Or a half teaspoon Creole seasoning, if you like the Creole, you know. And a cup of chicken broth. Then, now, here's how you just, uh, you're going to get all that all together. This is how it's going to work. You're going to, as you... Simply going to cook that bacon in a frying pan until crisp. Drain it on paper towels, set it crumble, and set aside the bacon. But you want to save that fat. You can use that fat for something else later. So put that, pour that fat bacon grease off. That'd be good for your dog's coat, too. You can put that on your dog's food. Just a tip. Just a tip from Terry, the sheriff from Terrible Parish. But you're going to melt that butter in the bacon fat over medium heat. Oh, wait, I forgot. Don't use all that bacon fat for the dog. And, and I'm going to add an onion, bell pepper, jalapeno, and garlic. Saute all that for five minutes until that onion has come up soft. Start to caramelize real nice up. Get a little dark around the edges. Then you're going to stir in the corn, the okra, the tomatoes, the cayenne, and the Cajun seasoning. Cook for five more minutes, stirring that occasionally. And then at this point, you're going to add in your chicken broth and bring it all to a boil. Nice hot boil. And then you're going to reduce the heat to medium-low and cook partially, cover for 45 minutes until all the liquid is absorbed, stirring occasionally. Then at this point, you're going to remove that from the heat, stir in that crumbled bacon, and you're going to serve that lovely, that lovely, lovely moxu. You're going to serve that over some rice or as a side with some nice, nice, nice Cajun uh, gator tail. So this is uh, Chef Terry. For the Succotash Comedy Podcast, podcast coming to you from Don't Quit Your Daycast. Saying, uh, enjoy the Succotash. Succotash! The Comedy Podcast Podcast.